We're going to talk about last day's signs, part four, in Matthew chapter 24. And um, I'm going to have you stand with me for the reading of the word. We're going to read verses 9 through 14. Three key points tonight. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Heavenly Father, we just open up our hearts to you, Lord God, and Lord, we pray we don't want to receive a spirit of fear, but Lord God, we want to receive a spirit of boldness. Boldness, Lord God, for the last hour that we're living in, Lord, at this time, so that we could be your people in this time and glorify you. And Father, we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So we started, started a month or so ago and uh, covering some key things here, what we've looked at thus far, a number of signs. We looked at some that are, I think many of us are very aware of and some that we're not. So we talked about the increase of world travel and the increase of knowledge from the book of Daniel 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 4. We talked about a deep addiction to sin in Revelation chapter 9, 20 and 21. We got into Israel talked a little bit about Israel. I'm going to talk more about Israel in upcoming weeks. We talked about Russia. Have you noticed Russia is in the news? The plunge to the south. This could be just one step further as they establish that stronghold. Eventually, they'll invade Israel. Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39 talked about China and um, major prophecies in Scripture that talk about, you know, the king of the uh, east and... Um, then we talked about the revived Roman Empire. We talked about deception, wars and rumors of wars and ethnicos, famines, pestilence. We went through that last time. And we talked about seismos, seismos meaning cataclysmic natural disasters. And so we will come and we're going to look tonight at persecution. Persecution will be the first thing we look at. And they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. So the church has been persecuted continuously for the last 2,000 years. The early church, it's interesting, the church, as you look at the scriptures in the epistles, the book of the Revelation, and then the early church leading up to about 325, uh, 325 B.C., I'm sorry, 325 A.D., when... Um, Constantine became the emperor. He made Christianity the religion of the Roman Empire. And um, so persecution ended, and then the church started persecution, persecuting everybody else. <laughs> That's really kind of the trend that happened. The Romans persecuted the Christians, and their motives for, for persecution, Christians were called cannibals. Why? It was the Lord's Supper. Right? They were accused of, of engaging in orgies. Why? Because it was called a love feast when they would gather. They were accused of being atheist. Well, that's really one that's a shocker, right? The Romans worshipped every deity that you could imagine, but it was because Christians worshipped one God that they were accused of being atheist. Uh, they were accused of being insurrectionists, revolutionaries. 
accused of trying to overthrow the Roman Empire because all they had to do was go into a, a temple to Caesar once a year, burn incense to Caesar and say, Caesar is Lord, but the Christians refused to do that. And because of that, they were persecuted. They were burned at the stake. They were crucified. They were fed to the lions. They were sewn in skins and thrown into rivers. And there were many other detestable things that were done to them. So, I mean, that was the first 300 years. If you get a chance ever to go to Rome, you want to go into the catacombs and see thousands upon thousands of Christians were buried in in the catacombs. There's still the blood. You can still actually see the blood in the Colosseum on, on parts of the walls of the Christians who were killed and, um, you know, again, by wild dogs and lions. So throughout history, pagans persecuted the Christian church. Uh, The Druids, the Vikings, the the Goths, the Visigoths, Islam, uh, communism in, you know, the previous century, and really in this century, in Russia, in 1937 to 1941, 106,300 pastors were martyred in Russia, and 20 million Christians were martyred by the communists. You see communism now kind of spreading in the United States, and people, you may be wondering, that Pastor, why are you preaching about politics? I'm not preaching about politics. I'm preaching about something that has absolutely come out of hell that has been the result, and you're, I'm seeing my Venezuelan sister shaking her head because she knows what, you know, what ha- has been happening down in Venezuela. It is an evil thing, and there's no place for the church. There's no place for Christianity in uh, communism. It is based upon the foundation of atheism, and they have to annihilate um, Christians, uh, as well as people of Islam and other, you know, other religions. So World Watch, this is a, a list of um, all your key places, right? You'll notice most of the, the greatest persecution, China, um, Indonesia, India, and the Middle East, and um, Northern Africa. Northern Africa, the Muslims have just slowly been pressing down. And as they've been pressing down, they have been eliminating uh, Christians. Uh, There's a major battle, I'll show you in a second, in Nigeria. And Venezuela, right, on our part of the globe. Some of the things, right, we've seen in just the last few years, and we honored, we honored the martyrs who were being killed um, by ISIS. This was in Libya, the um, the Middle East, ISIS, the Taliban, um, Al Qaeda, destroying churches, killing Christians, beheading right Christians. Uh, Egypt, you know, there's major persecution that is going on in Egypt. In Egypt, when we did our trip to Egypt, I took my Bible out of the van, and the guide, who was a Muslim woman, said, "Please leave that in the van." I said, "Why?" She said, "Because they will attack you and beat you." if you're walking on the street with your Bible. And um, that was kind of a, an interesting experience. Nigeria, Boko Haram. Nigeria, right now, they've come basically down through half part of the country, and that's where the, you know, the revolution is happening. I want you to show you this picture. This, this, I, I came across this. This was a, a year or so ago. They burned basically down this village, and they basically burned the men, the women, and the children. And I want, you to, I want you to look. This is a satellite picture of, notice the thing that will stand out, and I know it's, it's small. Notice the houses and all the green trees. And after they burn the entire village down, notice most of the trees are gone and all the homes are gone. But it is believed that about 5,000 people 
were martyred that day um, in, uh, in Nigeria. We have Nigerian people here. They can tell you some of the stories. China, right? In China, it's common. They burn down churches. They just, they just tore down a bunch of crosses off of churches recently. They murder pastors. Uh, they arrest Christians, and they put them into deprogramming concentration camps. By the way, they're doing that with a Muslim population. You know this basketball player, Muslim basketball player on the Celtics? You know, the, the NBA is basically, they, they are receiving billions of dollars from China. And it's like LeBron is big, like when he, you know, he's big on right BLM and you know the evil that's being done, social justice, but he's strangely silent when it comes to speaking about the NBA in China and what Chinese people are suffering. Now, Christians and Muslims, but it's believed that as many as a million Muslims have been put into these deprogramming camps. So this player, this this basketball player for the Celtics, has been speaking out. Contrary to what the NBA wants him uh, to be saying, but um, deprogramming. You know, there's, there was a Kyle Jurek. Kyle Jurek was Bernie Sanders, one of his campaign managers, and um, he came out and said that the rich should be put into guillotines and Christian conservatives should be put into gulags to be reprogrammed. And um, he is now, Bernie Sanders is a major leader in the cabinet of the president. Katie Couric, by the way, cute little Katie Couric, she came out and said that um, the conservative Christians should be deprogrammed and put into deprogramming centers. It's, it's there, folks. It's, it's, it's stirring. It's stirring in our, you know, in our world. And our, I see people sometimes, they wear the NBA shirts here. You need to really look at what you're putting on your body. Really, you need to look because you're going to be held accountable by God that you're supporting something that basically is being, you know, receiving money from a nation that murders people and kills people because of their Christian beliefs. I'm very curious. I don't know if you notice. I, I never wear labels. I don't. Uh, Tito, I wear the run label, but that's my label. <laughs> I won't. I refuse to wear Nike labels because they're doing it, and all these other all these other companies. And um, I really try to practice, you know, by not supporting and buying from you know from countries or companies that are doing stuff like this. Sammy, don't tell me. Oh, that's a Yankee. That's. that's a, that's heavenly stuff, Sammy. <laughs> North Korea, North Korea Christians, and they estimate that as many as 60,000 North Korean Christians are locked up for their faith. Venezuela, you can, you can talk to our Venezuelan, you know, brothers and sisters who are here with us tonight. So we look, we look at this and we, you know, we look at all these things and say, well, we're in America. Well, you remember the preacher in Seattle? I remember Seattle. It was um, the, the mayor of Seattle. What does she call it? That goofy woman. It was the summer of love. It was the summer of murder, the summer of rape, the summer of violence, uh, the summer of crime. And this was a, a street preacher preaching there. They took him and they beat him. Sammy, did they kill him? I'm not 
They just beat him up. They gave him a nice beating. The summer of love. Uh, hey, BLM, Antifa, did you know they burned down seven churches? Seven churches. Most of them were Catholic churches, though one was an evangelical church in Minnesota. There was wonderful people standing up for social justice. As long as you don't interfere, right? You're speaking out, you're a, Christ, you're a Christian church, and they burned down. That's Antifa burning St. Gabriel's Church down in L.A., uh, burned down a church in, uh, in Washington, as well as many other, other churches. But it's here. It's here. You know, the, the, the kids at Columbine, those kids were martyred. Guns were put to their head, and they were told to renounce Jesus, and they get their head, are you a Christian? And then they blew their, they blew their brains out. But it, it's here. The, you know, the devil, he, right, he's got no boundaries on this earth. So um, persecute, and we're going we're, we're gonna to see an intent. I'll tell you something, you've got to prepare right now. And you really got to prepare your children, as hard as, you know, as that is. But those wonderful little kids who were just worshiping with us that just went into the rock center, you've got to prepare them for what's, for what's coming. Because there, there are people, there are people right now in government and leadership who, given a little more power, they'll they'll be coming in here and taking us away and putting us. And I'm the first one to go, and putting us in a deprogrammer gulag, or or just killing us. So persecution is again, it's here. It's been here for two thousand years. It will greatly intensify. Yeah, I mean, in the tribulation period, it's right. The devil's on a, an absolute rampage. All right, number 13, signs from the heavens. So it says in, in Luke chapter 21, 11, and uh, er, great earthquakes shall be in diverse places and famines, pestilences, and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. So um, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you a quick little video and I, I don't know, most people don't look up at the sky. Do, do, do you ever look up at the sky? It's amazing what you see when you look up. You don't just see the birds. It's amazing what you can see when you look up at the sky. But um, right now, uh, and this is, a, this is a little clip. I'm just going to show this to you quick. But if there's a day after day for nearly two years... U.S. Navy pilots would encounter this unidentified aerial phenomena, or UAP, while flying off the coast of Florida. I don't see an exhaust plume. No exhaust plumes, no markings, no wings, but... Wait, just one Day after day for nearly uh. two years, U.S. Navy pilots would encounter this unidentified Notice, aerial phenomena, no exhaust phenomena, fumes. UAP, no, while no wings. off the coast of Florida. And what you listen, they violate they violate the laws of physics. They always move at at right angles. In 2014, and verified this year by the Pentagon. Well, there's no question that this is really attracting a lot of attention. The videos can be interpreted in a lot of ways. We simply don't have enough information or all the information to really evaluate them. But the experiences that are reported by the pilots or something else entirely. Indeed, that's just what a former U.S. president said Monday on a late-night talk show. There's footage and records of objects in the skies that we don't know exactly what they are. We can't explain uh, how they moved. Unidentified. And these sightings are more common than you might think. In 2020, the year of the pandemic, 
Canadians reported more than 1,200 UFO sightings. That's almost three a day, a nearly 50% increase over the number of sightings in 2019. People perhaps were uh, spending... Hey, how many, how many of you have ever seen something, unidentified flying object? Just raise your hands. You're all crazy. You're <laughs> I've seen some things. I look up a lot. Yeah, look, I, I, I'm in the pool and I'm looking up, <laughs> and I've seen some strange stuff. But um, this is this is Luis Elizondo. He's been on a lot. Pentagon whistleblower. He was uh, you know in the Pentagon, and he talks about these these objects that basically they fly through the air, they fly through the water, uh, they seem to be flying at about 13 miles per hour, they violate the laws of physics, they basically e exceed G-force of um, six to 700 G-forces, and uh, honey, is that a lot of G-force? Yeah, that'll blow your eyeballs out, right? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, pr it's pretty fast, and uh, so there, you know, that, that's basically what you have. Now, I want to say this, this, th these are the options you have, okay, when it comes to all of these sightings. One is that it's the military, whether it's our military or China or Russia, that they have developed these machines that, again, violate the law of physics. And, uh, I mean, if China's got it, hey, folks, we don't have a prayer, or Russia, um, Another option is, is that they are aliens from outer space, from uh, another galaxy or other planets. Another theory is, is that there's a hidden civilization somewhere on Earth, maybe under the ocean or under the ice caps, that's far more advanced, that's flying these around. And uh, the fourth is, is that they're angelic. It's... Angels, maybe fallen, uh, maybe not fallen from another dimension. So the, 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 the thought here is, um, are they extraterrestrial or extra-dimensional? I just want you to understand this because I, I, when I've taught this, I've seen people misconstrue what I'm saying, and they're walking out of here saying, Pastor Frank believes in little green men. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm going to show you this in a second. I don't believe they're extraterrestrials. I believe they're extra-dimensionals. They have come into our four-dimensional uh, universe. Angels, fallen angels. Now, you know what? Just the scientists today, the um, quantum physicists, they say that we're, we're in actually a realm where there are ten dimensions. Not four. We live in a four-dimensional universe, right? We, we can go up and down, we can go sideways, and we can step, you know, and have depth. And then time. Einstein, he, he identified the fourth dimension as being time. Time is a dimension. And, uh, but if you look at the Bible, the Bible, let me just say this. If you take our four dimensions, heaven is a dimension, hell is a dimension, paradise Okay, where the Old Testament saints were before they were brought to heaven after the resurrection was a dimension is a dimension. The abyss in Revelation chapter nine is apparently a dimension. Tartarus in Second Peter chapter two four 
is a dimension. That's where the, the fallen angels, I believe, of uh, Genesis chapter 6 were cast into. But um, I, I just listed nine. And when I've taught on this, there, you know, there may be another one that the Bible reveals. There may be only nine, though. But then again, there may be 14. And the quantum physicists could be wrong that there's 10. But the idea is that there are other uh, dimensions. So here's, a, here's something, you know, just a couple of things interesting. On, um, on radar, the air traffic controllers, what they, what they find, like they'll find this bleep here, right? So if it's, a, if it's a, a jet, it could be a supersonic jet, it could be one of our, you know, F-16 you know, F, uh, fighters. It, it, it flies across, right, the radar, but what happens, what a lot of these um, the air traffic controllers are saying, that suddenly they'll see a bleep and it disappears. And then it quickly comes over here and then disappears and then it's over here or over here, which again is totally violating the law of physics. It's, it's appearing and, and disappearing, not like it's traveling through our four-dimensional universe or four-dimensional world. It's moving in and out of it from another dimension. And that is, a, that is what this picture here depicts. It's um, that something is coming through a dimension here, suddenly into our world, and then moving out of it. And um, if you look at the scriptures, that is what the scripture is saying. When, when, Jesus, when Jesus appeared after the resurrection, right, he went to his father, came back, right, and suddenly, right, they're locked in this, this building, the doors are locked, and suddenly he appears. And then what happened? He had, some, uh, he had some fish in the honeycomb, and then what did he do? He vanished. He didn't, he didn't go and open the door and say, guys, I'm, I'm leaving. He just, he, he, moved into, he moved into another dimension. And um, so that's something. Here's, here's another thing. They move at these incredible speeds. Now, I've showed you, I've showed you this video before, and um, I just want you, to, want you to look at this carefully because this is something that appeared over the Temple Mount in Israel. You can find it. You can find multiple sightings of this on the evening it happened by a number of different people. Does anybody speak Hebrew here? Good, because I think what the woman says is a Hebrew curse word. <laughs> Just watch this. This is an amazing video. You got sound? We got sound? You see how fast that There's nothing we have on, you know, that we've ever developed that moves that fast. I want to say, when you see a rocket, you know, and, and Elon has been shooting, you know, Elon Musk from Tesla has been shooting his rockets up out of the Virginia base, the Florida base. You see them slowly. You can watch them. That thing you couldn't keep, you couldn't watch that. It's, it's moving at, I mean, I, I can't even imagine how, you know, how fast. So I believe again, violating the law of physics, moving in and out of our dimension. So I want to I introduce you, I've done this before with you, the flat family. And you have Freddie, Franny, Freddie Jr., and Fiona. Sorry, Freddie. Yeah, uh, Freddie. But um, they live in a two-dimensional universe. So the flats 
right? The flats move sideways, okay? And they can move up and down, okay? Flat people. They can't move, they can't move in and out, okay? There's no, there's no depth, but they can move sideways and they can move up and down. They're flat, okay? And so you have these creatures that basically have the ability to move uh, in the third dimension. They can move in and they can move out. So suddenly in the flat family, right, look what happens. Here's the flat family, and suddenly this being pops in from another dimension, right, and then pops out. It pops in and pops out. And... uh, so you have angels, suddenly in the scriptures, right? They pop in and they pop out throughout the Bible, right? They, they just suddenly appear, and suddenly they disappear. And uh, guess who else pops in and pops out, right? He pops in, or they pop in, and they pop out on the flat family. They can, just, they can just pop in into, right? Because they have the ability to move into that that third dimension. And uh, so you, you have this phenomena, right? Of Now, we, we again, we're in, a, we're in a four-dimensional universe. So I'm just trying to, I use the two-dimensional flat family to help you understand that. But we live in a four-dimensional universe, so something is coming from another dimension popping in and out of our four-dimensional universe. And... Um, that again, that is this, you know, this strange phenomena that we, you know, that we experience. And again, that's what we see in angels in the Bible. Now I want to show you, I want to show you another thing. Most of the sightings, remember, they're always, they're always discs, right? And uh, I'll show you some, some pictures. Uh, disc shape, disc, sometimes a disc encircling a disc. With lights all around it, sometimes it appears like eyes. And um, this was a this was a disc that was shot uh, over New Jersey. That was that happened over New Jersey. But um, does anybody know in the Bible where it talks about discs intersecting discs with eyes all around them? Ezekiel, actually twice in Ezekiel, Ezekiel one, and then again in, in Ezekiel uh, nine. I want to read this to you. This is Ezekiel 1, verse 15 through 21. It says, Now as I looked at the living creatures, right, these were angelic beings, behold, a wheel was on the earth besides each living creature with its four faces. And the appearance of the wheels and their workings was like the color of beryl. And all four had the same likeness. And the appearance of the workings was, as it were, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. And they moved, they went towards any one of four directions. Do you understand? They move at right angles. Remember that thing over Jerusalem? And when they moved, they went towards any one of four directions. They did not turn aside when they went. And as for their rims, they were so high, they were awesome. And their rims were full of eyes. And all around, the four of them. And when the living creatures went, the the living creatures, the angels, 
the wheels went besides them. And when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up. And wherever the spirit wanted to go, they went because there the spirit went. And the wheels were lifted together with them. Now watch this. For the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. And when those went, these went. And when those stood, these stood. And when those were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up together with them. For the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Now I have a biblical view, a biblical paradigm of life. Not a worldly view. And uh, I think when, when these things, right, when he saw this, this vision, I think these things that people are seeing are some type of... So now, uh, do we understand what the wheels are? We don't, are they some type of, of way that angels travel? Eli, Eli Marzulli believes that. That it's some way that the angels travel in these wheels through these, you know, these multiple dimensions. So when Ezekiel is seeing this, I think he's seeing something that I mean, it does really kind of give credence to what, you know, we're seeing. So again, here's the flat family, right? And they pop in and they pop out. They pop in and they pop out. Now, I want to I share with you something else here. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 12, talking about the coming of the Antichrist. It says, the coming of the lawless one is in accordance with the working of Satan, with all power signs and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion. I mean, just God is saying, you know what? You don't want to believe in my son. You want to believe lies? Well, I'm going to send you the mother of all lies. I'm going to send you a massive delusion. Now, you don't want Jesus? You don't want to be saved? Well, let me tell you, here it goes. I'm going to, just, I'm going to send you a delusion that will, you know, it'll, you'll believe in, in, in all kinds of false things. Now, it says that they should believe the lie that they all may have condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So there's, there's a, one of my favorite teachers was Walter Martin, the great Christian apologist. And Walter, right before his death, he said he believed there could be an extraterrestrial connection with the Antichrist. Now, he wasn't believing in extraterrestrials. He was saying that the Antichrist will come and claim that he has come from another planet. You know what, you know what the, the theory in science is? This is science. This is science now. Okay? How did we get here? How did we get here as human beings? Right? Well, we got here through evolution. But, but we know that non-living matter cannot produce living matter. Okay, there's some, some common sense. Non-living matter, can, uh, uh, two rocks, if I bring them together and I introduce them and do a wedding ceremony for them and I give them a nice hotel that they can hang out with, they aren't going to reproduce. Okay, they're non-living matter. So we know non-living matter cannot produce living matter. So we see living matter. Now again, it was a microbe that eventually became some slime in, you know, in, a, in a bed of a puddle and suddenly through time and through chance suddenly it evolved and it evolved into this little slimy creature that eventually developed legs and eyes and we're here. That's evolution. I used to be an atheist. That's what I basically had many doubts about as an atheist all the time. 
I had more I had more crisis in atheism than I've ever had in Christianity. So the scientists can't explain how non-living matter produced living matter. So you know what they now teach is what's called transpermia. That aliens came from another planet and they seeded the earth. And that's how life began on the earth. Now the question to that is, how did those aliens start? Because something had to give life to them. <laughs> we, we know who, who gives life. An all-supreme, all-intelligent being, right, that we know as you know, Elohim, as Yahweh, as Adonai. So, um, the, 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 again, what Martin was saying, Walter Martin was saying was, he believes that the Antichrist, when he comes, say, listen, you came from aliens, and I'm from another place. I'm from another planet. And uh, he believed that that could be... Now, that could, that could be, now I'll show you something. I want to show you something interesting. And by the way, I don't, I don't recommend, unless you are very, very strong in your faith and have a very strong prayer life, that you ever go out and read these books. Okay, they're written, written, by, written by psychologists, um, psychiatrists, and um, they're about alien abductions. And um, one is a very brilliant, uh, John Mack, a brilliant psychologist um, out of uh, the University of Pennsylvania, very respected. So he began to, to study all these people that claimed to be abducted by aliens. And what he basically came to was he felt like 50% of them were just lying and like another 20% of them were just, you know, they, they were people who were just mentally ill. But 30% he felt had a true experience. And the more, I mean, he interviewed thousands and thousands of people. And what he, what he came to the conclusion was that, you know, you would think again, you know, E.T., you know, like the, the movie E.T., he's so sweet, right? We protect him, get on our bikes and, and keep him safe, right? E.T. and, right? But what he found was these people who were claiming that they were abducted, that he truly felt had a true abduction, they were violated, they were tortured. And he began to compare it to people who have experiences with Satan and demons. So you read those books and you start seeing these people, they, they live with horror and terror every day of their life. Much, much like a person who would be brought into a cult and be violated. And he's come to, he came to the conclusion, Matt came to the conclusion that, that these people, they were not abducted by aliens but that they were essentially demon-possessed. They had a demonic experience. And um, I, I, lean towards, I lean towards that. This, is, this, by the way, when you start to do the statistics, little children, who, you know, where would they make up the story that they were taken by these grays, these funny gray you know, colored creatures with these big eyes and then have this, this experience of terror and horror. But I, I think this, again, this is something, this is a preparation. A book that I would recommend to you is Alien Encounters by Chuck Missler. And Chuck uh, does a great job with Mark Eastman talking, you know, talking about this. Do I still have more time? That's what Tito said last week. <laughs> Tito, do I have more time? Five minutes? Let me rip through one more point, okay? Apostasy. 
So in, in Matthew chapter 24, 12 to 13, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Okay, just looking, the concept here is it's he who endures to the end, but many, uh, their love will grow cold. He's talking about the church here. That people essentially will apostatize. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, the Spirit clearly says, in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. Now, I want to show you, I want to show you this uh, Pew Research um, study that was done, and this is, this is interesting. You talk about apostasy, falling away of the faith. Today, 176 million Americans claim to be Christians. You would think, with all those Christians, what a land we would have. 69% of the population, yet only 6% of U.S. adults, which is 9% of those identifying as Christians, possess a biblical worldview believing the Bible to be accurate and reliable among other convictions. There really, folks, there ain't no Christianity without this book. I mean, you, you, you can end up with God knows what. Um, it goes on and it says, uh, two out of three Americans think of themselves as a Christian, and a majority still think that Christianity is kind of about the Bible. But George Barna, he said in an interview at the, at the time, but there's a big gap between what self-identified Christians believe the Bible may teach and what the Bible actually teaches. So, you know, people say, well, you know, they think the Bible may be the Word of God, but they don't know what the heck's in it. So they think Noah's wife was Joan of Arc. The, the average Christian can't name five of the Ten Commandments. One of these average, they can't name three of the apostles. And... Uh, and when you, you tell them to go to Galatians chapter 10, they turn to it. They don't know their Bibles. Some of you sitting here maybe, you know, maybe in that category, people watching, they don't know their, they don't know their Bibles. 58% said that worshiping alone or with one's family is a valid replacement for regularly attending church. And only 30% disagree. Let me tell you something. The downfall of the church in Europe was that the church went and began to watch on TV and stopped meeting together. England was, was, was a thriving Christian nation of churches on every street, evangelical churches on every street corner. The church is absolutely dead in England. Socialism has taken over the country. And I believe that's what's happening here now. And thanks to COVID and uh, Zoom... You know, people don't go to church anymore. They just stay home and watch it. That's, that's not what God called us to do. We were called to meet together, to pray together, to worship together, to study the word together. But this again, this I believe is just another, it's another sign of apostasy. It's another sign of apostasy. When it comes to Americans with evangelical beliefs, Lifeway Research Survey found that the majority say Jesus was the first and greatest being created by God the Father, 78%. These are even these people in churches that supposedly like ours, that are supposedly preaching the word. They do not believe Jesus is God. That's that. These are all just signs of apostasy. So in, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. That's what's happening. 
Itch my ears. Please entertain me. Entertain me. I need to be entertained. Pastor, tell funny stories. Pastor, tell jokes. I need to... Don't preach for more than 20 minutes because my, my brain can't stay tuned for more than five minutes. Entertain me like, you know, Netflix does. Like Amazon movies do. Entertain me. That's where we are. And... Uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 1 through 3. Look at verse 3. Again, don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for the day will not come until the rebellion occurs. The word of rebellion is apostasy. Apostasy, and again, apostasy is a rebelling, a falling away, or abandoning of the faith. Apostates, one who has fallen away from from the faith. What is the last church? The last church at the end of the age. Who is it? Laodicea, folks. Guess what? We're in Laodicea. Tough time. I see pastors leaving the churches. Fleeing from the pastors. There are churches all over America. They don't have pastors. It's a great time to be a pastor. You can go to one of those dead churches and pastor. Most of the time, them left because the churches were just so dead and the people couldn't hear anymore. They have ears, but they don't hear. They have eyes, but they don't not see. They're spiritually dead. Last church. And I'm going to wrap up with my last word. And to the angel of the church of Laodicea write, these things say the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, and here, here it is right here. This is it. Verse 17, because you say, I am rich, Uh, have um, become wealthy and have need of nothing. You know what the thing about being a true spirit-filled Christian is? You realize your need every day for the spirit, for his grace, for his love, for his power. You, you You need Jesus all the time to be able to live the life. I'm fine. I'm okay. And you don't know that you're wretched, miserable, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may, be, uh, may, may um, not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. And many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Where's Jesus? He's not in the church. He's on the outside. He's not in their hearts. He's on the outside. He's knocking. He's knocking. Maybe tonight he's knocking on your heart. He wants to come in and give you eternal life and save you. He's knocking on your heart. He wants to save you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to give you the gift of eternal life. This could be the moment Jesus is passing right through your life. And he's knocking at the door. Don't let him pass by. You may never have the chance again. You may never. Oh, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it next week. Maybe you won't. Met life seven years ago. I'm consulting with them. I'm giving a leadership message to their board in New York City. And I uh, had the opportunity to get to know a lot of the men, share, men and women, and share in the gospel with them. And uh, one guy, I really liked him. And uh, we would have lunch together. I did coaching with him and share the gospel with him. And um, he, didn't, he didn't open his heart. I don't believe he did. 
And then one Monday morning I went in, 44-year-old guy, head down on his desk, dead. I didn't see it. The ambulance had come and taken him out already. You never know. You never know. And that's why, why like, this is the hour of salvation. And you can be in the church. These, these, these are church people, churchy people. And he's knocking on the door saying, I want to come into your heart. Open your heart and let him in. Open your heart and let him in. Don't trust the church. Uh, we go to a church where the preacher preaches about Don't trust the church. You've got to open your heart and let him in. Let's bow our heads. I'll leave it with that and I'll close. Um, I'm going to do a couple of more of these messages before I wrap up and then we'll get back into uh, Leviticus. Father, I just want to, Lord, praise you and thank you, Father. You give us, Lord, you give us signs. Look, we're not surprised. We're not surprised, Lord. We're not surprised by COVID. We're, we're not surprised by the Ukraine. We're not surprised by the political unrest in this world, Lord God. And we're not surprised, Lord God, that, that we are in the, the age of Laodicea. We're not surprised. But, Lord God, we're aware that these were the signs you said that would be happening before you come. So, Lord God, I, I believe you're coming soon. So we, we pray, Lord God, with expectation. And, Lord God, again, if there's anybody here who needs to take Jesus into their take him into your heart now. Make that decision. Make that decision. It's the greatest decision you will ever make. For in Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Stand with me. We'll sing. We're going to pray for a little while. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Spirit prayer tonight. Draw the closer. Oh, draw me closer, dear Lord, so that I might touch you. So that I might touch you. Lord, I wanna touch you. Touch my eyes. Touch my eyes. Draw me closer, 
touch you so that I might touch you Lord I want to touch you Thank you, Lord, for your love. You are our King. We honor you, your majesty, King Jesus. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord, this night, this time together, this time of fellowship in your presence, Lord God. Thank you for your holy word, Lord. Let it truly transform us. Let it it make us aware, more aware of what's going on around us, Lord, and strive even further, Lord, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those who are hurting and lost around us, Lord. Let us see those opportunities you have provided and prepared for us, Lord, that we may walk in them and just enjoy the precious gift of participating in what you do, Lord, in saving lives. God, we just pray that many would come to know you, don't know you through our work, through your work through us, and always, Lord, that you would be honored. In Jesus' name.